Hello, everyone. This is Robert Allen of the Wedding Podcast Network, and I want to welcome everyone. And I have a very special guest with me uh, today, Rebecca Grinnells, the owner of Engaging Concepts in Celebration, Florida. Good afternoon, Rebecca. Thank Good afternoon. You. Thank you so much for for joining us. Thanks. Um, Rebecca has a, a very long list of of credentials uh, in the in the wedding uh, industry. Rebecca was with. Uh, is actually the the co-founder of the Disney fairy tale weddings uh, at Disney. Uh, she was with Disney for 12 years and then has since uh, left and started uh, engaging concepts and is also the founder of the Caribbean Wedding Association. Um, that's certainly a, a very uh, long list of credentials, uh, very impressive. And uh, before we get into the discussion of destination weddings. Why don't you give our listeners a, a little bit of a sense of your background in weddings? Sure. I, um, I'm a, a little bit different in that I am not a traditional wedding planner or wedding consultant that brides call. Um, with my experience in um, putting together the Disney fairytale wedding program back in early in the early 90s, we really were on the forefront and the cutting edge, sort of uh, the early ages, early days of the huge explosion, exploding trend that we now call destination weddings. And with all of those learnings and all of the amazing things that we uh, had the opportunity to do in all those years at Disney, um, I actually am an industry consultant, an industry expert. So I work with the hotels, the resorts, the destinations that your brides and grooms uh, are looking at, are considering. Um, so I come at it from di a different perspective. And what I do is I actually help um, people in the wedding industry make sure that they are providing the best level of service to the brides and grooms who are looking at uh, or interested in having a destination wedding and then putting it all the way through. So it is a little bit of a different twist, um, but I'm fully immersed in the, in the destination wedding world. That is my life and has been for the past 15 or 16 years, okay. um, really since the very beginning. I read something uh, interesting in your bio on your website about uh, your grandmother being involved yes. uh, in, in weddings. My uh, grandmother sold wedding gowns for 35 years okay. in Pennsylvania. So I um, I guess I, I learned it from an early age, uh, but it was one of those lots of girls dream about working in the wedding business when they grow up. And I truly did. I kind of sat it uh, in the corner of countless hundreds of brides while they tried on their dream dress and their veil and would touch the gowns and all of those wonderful things. So it was really very exciting uh, when I had the opportunity to actually sort of become a big part of this industry. Now, do you think that had any influence on, on it or is it just purely coincidence? Uh, you know what? It was a passion of mine from when I was very young. And uh, I, I like many people, had uh, still can go back and have boxes of bridal magazines from the 70s and the 80s, <laughs> well before I was even of dating age. So I think it was serendipitous, if nothing else. Okay, great, great. Well, certainly uh, it's nice to have such a, a deep background yeah. uh, in, in weddings. You know, you had mentioned about, you know, this, this kind of uh, explosion of, of destination weddings. Why do you think destination weddings have become so popular over the last uh, few years? You know, it's really for a variety of reasons. And I work very closely with the bridal magazines and the trend trackers. And, you know, uh, destination weddings have grown 200% in just the past decade. And uh, right now they're standing at about 10% of the U.S. wedding market, which is uh, you know 2.4 million marriages a year on average. And so that's about you know, a quarter of a million uh, couples choosing destination weddings. And it's probably bigger than that because no one really has their arms around what a huge trend this is. 
Um, the the interesting thing about it is we're only sitting here really in the middle of this trend. Um, all of the people that are watching it from the bridal magazines, et cetera, are, are saying that they don't think this trend's going to top out until about 20 to 23% wow. of the market. So we're really so just, ways in the, to go. We're, we're still riding the wave in, in a, to a great extent. And I think it's for so many reasons. Um, and, and in particular, in the past five years, I think it's really exploded with the internet. Mm. And the fact that, I mean, it was already a trend in the early 90s before we all had computers at our desks and you know certainly in our homes um, and now we have them in our palms and on our ears and, and right. everything else and on our phones but um, you know couples no longer are marrying their high school sweethearts in their hometown with 700 of their parents closest friends right um, they're marrying later uh, they are having a much more say in their wedding and they're also um, much more apt to pick up and fly away and do their wedding their way as opposed to the way that's expected of them. And in many cases, it's it's the encore weddings, you know, our second and third weddings okay. that I think have uh, contributed to this. And then of late, the past five years or so, no question has been the internet. Yeah, and it's kind of made the world so much smaller. So much smaller for yeah. us in so many ways. Right. Um, but we've seen it probably more so than in a lot of other markets in the wedding market. And, uh, you know, brides can take virtual tours of everything now, and they're not no longer planning a wedding sight unseen. It's not this scary thing that they're relying on, you know, a phone call or a fax to make their decisions. So right. a lot of reasons, I think, but probably the biggest would be the encore wedding and the internet. Okay. Now, when a couple chooses to, to do a destination wedding, mm -hmm. would you say that there's more or less planning involved for a destination wedding? How does it change the planning process? You know, um, I, I think that their conventional wisdom used to be that, you know, people chose a destination wedding as a getaway, as something that was going to be a lot easier and hassle and stress-free. And that, in many regards, still is true. But what we've also seen as these weddings have grown is the average size of a destination wedding is now at 88 guests. Really? So while it's interesting, what used to be, you don't even hear the term elope anymore. You know, that used to be sure. much a part of our American vernacular, right. you know, the elope. You don't hear that at all. So while there still are lots and lots of couples that go away, just the two of them on the beach, maybe a handful of family and friends, um, that definitely is easier and, and takes far less planning. Sure. But with us looking at an average guest size now of 88, all of a sudden, all of the bells and whistles and all of the elements that are so important to a bride at her wedding at her hometown mm -hmm. are, are equally as important. So um, in many regards, the stress sort of gets a, go, can go away from them once they get to the location or the destination. But leading up to it, all of a sudden, it's not necessarily as uh, you know hassle-free as it once was because they're looking at coordinating guests and their travel. They're right. looking at bringing in photographers and videographers and floral designers and bands and all of these other right. things. Uh, so in some regards, it's actually a little bit more complicated, but I think the end result far outweighs what in many cases they can have in their hometown. Okay. So it's, so it's, it's a, it's a real wedding that's happening away. It just, yes. you know, not like, you know, you said, you know, the elopement where it was just, you know, two witnesses and a bride and groom right. and, and, and that was, that was it. Mm -hmm. And I would imagine that, you know, back then, uh, a lot of couples almost had to do another wedding here, you know, at home right. to, to have those guests be part of it. Right. And now with a true destination wedding, it's, it's all happening at once. And, right. And, and, and I and think what wedding. happened was brides and grooms kind of would say, well, I don't think anyone's going to come if we have our wedding in Jamaica. And then they would send out their invitations or, 
and, and sort of be surprised that, oh, 45 people are coming with us or 120. (laughs) And then it became, it kind of took on a life of its own. And it's because it's easier for people anymore to travel. Uh, They can get good airfares almost anywhere now. Mm -hmm. And with enough advance notice, it's not, you know, the world has become smaller. Right. And so on the flip side, that gives brides and grooms quite a bit more challenges uh, in some regards in planning a destination wedding, which is why it's really important for them to have people around them that they trust. Right, right. And I would imagine also, and, and you probably see this firsthand being involved in, in lots of Caribbean locations, that uh, a lot of the destination places are probably much more prepared yes. to do destination weddings. And it's it's... You know, they're coming to the bride and groom with a lot more to offer than oh, in the past. Oh, absolutely. And you're seeing, uh, you know, whereas even five years ago, it, you know, I'd say about 50% of hotels and resorts offered wedding packages. They all offered honeymoon packages. Mm-hmm. Now I don't think there's a resort, a hotel, an airport hotel, anything on this planet that does not offer a wedding package. Not only that, but most of them have them prominently displayed on their website. You know, you can see... Room accommodations, dining, activities, weddings. You know, and so, so they're it, selling a, it. They're they're out a, there. What it has become is is a huge opportunity for um, hotels and resorts and destinations to connect with brides and grooms at a really critical point and have them uh, sort of forge a bond with them okay. early on in the process and then have them become guests for life. And that is a huge business opportunity. Sure. But something that they realize, if we host a bride and groom for their wedding, we want to treat them special. Right. And we want them to come back again and again with this really fond memories of this place that, you know, they started their lives together. So it's a huge business opportunity, but also really a big emotional connection uh, that people can make, not only with their destination or their resort, but also vice versa. Right. And it kind of becomes their special place. Exactly. And, you know, of course, where, where someone honeymooned is always a really special place. Right. But, you know, a wedding is... 100,000 steps beyond the honeymoon sure. as far as that emotional connection. Sure. So uh, we're, we're seeing, you know, people really reaching out and saying we want to really court wedding couples and not just have it be an afterthought. And so as such, a huge amount of business and time and energy going into training their staff mm-hmm. into making sure that what they're offering is top notch. Uh, in, in particular in the Caribbean, I'm seeing a lot of um, places up their level of experiences and service so that brides and grooms are not compromising. Uh, you know, they don't have right. to, co- no longer, but but even three years ago, five, ten years ago, they did sort of have to compromise. It was like, oh, well, you know what, we're getting married in the Turks and Caicos. I don't expect to get the same kind of bouquet I could get in New York. Right, and not you just kind of settle for what they've got settle to offer. Settle for what they have because, you know what, we're in the islands, man. You know, we're going right, to right, kick right. back. Sure. And, and what we've seen is is sort of this increased, stepped-up level of what is being offered and also what's being expected. Brides and grooms are so much more savvy now over what they want. And they're no longer – they're saying, well, you know what, we're not going to compromise. We're going to fly them all in. So – conversely, we're seeing the hotels and resorts and destinations say, we don't want them to have feel like they have to fly in, you know, a florist or, or what have you. Right. We're going to train our people here to be able to provide that same, you know, because the brides and grooms are demanding it. So it's sort of a push-pull sort of thing. But I'm finding that, you know, it used to be, but brides and grooms had no way to show their florist 10 years ago sure. what they wanted. Exactly. You know, it was like, you'll see your flowers when you get here. They'll be beautiful. You know, it's ginger taken off the bush or bougainvillea cut. You know, now it's a whole different thing. They can email the pictures. And, right. You know, they're all they're of this. really doing design. Yeah. And, and they're, they're expecting top-notch 
quality service on every level, even if they're in a far off locale. And so it's, it's really different. Now, when, when a couple decides to do a destination wedding and they've, you know, they, they kind of have, you know, in their, in their head, you know, where they want it done, how does it work in terms of choosing the, the person to help them? You know, would you recommend that you get a, 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 a wedding consultant that's a, you know, specializes in destination weddings or are you able to successfully rely on the resort that you pick to help you in that planning process? Are you seeing, you know, a mix of both? Are you seeing more of the resorts, you know, stepping up and, and doing more of that planning process? Well, it, you know, it really goes back to the complexity and the level of the wedding. If a bride and groom are having a wedding and they sort of want choices, but they don't want to have to start from scratch, mm -hmm. they may, they may choose, for example, something like sandals, which sandals is a huge player in the Caribbean wedding and honeymoon market. And, um, uh, uh, just uh, six months ago announced a partnership with Preston Bailey. Right. So brides can actually sort of have the best of both worlds where they can have sort of celebrity designed, beautiful wedding at a very affordable price. Um, but not have to make too many decisions and it's not, you know, designed from scratch and they're having to start, you know, it's really a nice mix uh, of both. But for brides who want, you know, a customized wedding that they're starting from, from scratch with and they want, you know, a villa in the Cayman Islands, then they, they very well, uh, I recommend that they certainly use the internet as a great resource and a, and a great tool, but they probably want to connect with a reputable wedding planner, either in their hometown who's done a lot of destination weddings mm -hmm. or preferably in many cases with a wedding planner in that destination. Okay. So if you're choosing to get married in the Cayman Islands, I would recommend that you find a wedding planner in the Cayman Islands who knows all of the vendors, who knows all of the resources, who knows the great places to get married where the sun is the most beautiful. And they may recommend, you know, they may have um, 10 private homes that nobody else knows about that you probably couldn't find on the internet. Right. You wouldn't but even if know you go existed, to the wedding planner sure. in the Cayman Islands, now, if you go to your wedding planner in your hometown, they're sort of, unless they've done a lot of weddings in that location, kind of in the same position you are to do the research. Right. So depending on your destination, um, I usually recommend that they find a planner with them, planner for them that's in the destination, that's really on the ground, that can handle everything. Because with the internet today, you can email pictures back and forth. Sure, and it's instant. Uh, it's instance. instant. And, you know, the planner may say to you, you know, I don't know if we have a videographer that is going to be of the level of your expectations. I recommend you bring one with you. Or, you know, we've got some people here on this island who absolutely let me have some work of their samples of their work sent to you. It varies by destination. Right. Um, if you're in Mexico, it's one way. If you're in Hawaii, you know, there's a whole level, a high level of service in Hawaii. The Caribbean is uh, a little bit of a mix of both. Some islands have a lot. Some are kind of getting there. Um, so it's sort of an individualized thing for a bride and groom based on what they want. It's no longer sort of a cookie cutter approach to okay. planning a wedding. There's a lot of options and choices out there. Okay. Almost overwhelming in a way. Which okay. Well, that's you know all the more bad. reason to have someone that can really Narrow guide down you. For sure. You. Right. And and so much of working with a good planner, as it is in anything, is feeling on the same page with them and right. making sure and and getting feeling right away that they understand your vision, what you want. Uh, I think too often, and it, the e email can be really dangerous this way. Uh, a lot of things can be misinterpreted on email or via the internet. 
there nothing replaces a good old fashioned conversation, yeah. you know, no, and there's, I agree. and, I and agree. no one that I, I ever, all the planners and all of the p- destinations and the people that I know in all of these regions, as far away as they are, anybody is willing to pick up the phone and call a bride and yeah. have a good heart to heart conversation with her to right. really understand. And then the rest can be done on email, but that connection that you have, sure, like, because you're dealing really with so much emotion you. and you have to, right. you know, you really need to take that into account that it's just not planning a vacation. No. It's really an emotional attachment that that's And to going not on. be scared if you don't feel that connection early on in the process to kind of cut bait and mm-hmm. move on and sure. find someone because I guarantee you that there is someone for you no matter where you are whether and it could be at the resort. So right. a lot of these resorts have stepped it up and offer so much and so you may not need to go the, the you know the planner route. So there's a lot of things to take into consideration. Now, would you recommend when a couple decides on their location for their destination wedding is is it always necessary for them to visit that location you know it it's ideal if they can but in many cases the budget can be blown just by uh, going on a site visit it also depends on where your destination is if it's in hawaii and you live in new york could be a different story um, I recommend if if it's possible and if it's somewhere that you're already going, uh, that it's always wonderful to meet ahead of time and have this face-to-face connection with your service providers, take a look at the different sites, at the restaurants, that sort of thing. But really in today's day and age with the internet and all of the information out there to you, if you feel like you've got great connections with the people that are helping you uh, at the destination, then most of it can be done done sight unseen. And while there's no statistics available for that, I would guarantee you that most brides and grooms anymore probably don't have the chance, especially in the case of an offshore wedding. So if they're looking at Hawaii or Mexico or the Caribbean or, you know, Italy, many cases they don't. And they do put their trust uh, quite a bit in people. And that's why having that personal connection is is ever so important. Now, when when they're thinking about what locations to choose, what's the best way to start in, in you know, if they want a warm weather, you know, type of, of destination, you know, there are so many islands or so many places. Do they, would you recommend speaking to a travel agent, you know, or it go right quickly, for a, a wedding? It can quickly related? become so overwhelming. So I always, you know, I think it's great for a couple to really narrow down regions uh, and, and just decide warm weather, cool weather. Do we want, you know, a wedding and, you know, Colorado at the top of the ski mountain or do we want you know a castle in Ireland or you know warm weather and then they have to really narrow down regions do we want Mexico or the Caribbean or Hawaii a lot of times budget dictates that Um, I always tell brides and grooms go for it first Mm -hmm. kind of go pie in the sky and places that you would love to to to, you know dream about investigate it because if you're ever going to do it this is the time you know to really go somewhere over the top and fabulous uh, maybe have a few fewer guests, but really get to go to a place that's really spectacular and memorable. Um, but once brides and grooms sort of narrow down regions, it's really helpful to work with a travel agent or a wedding planner who is really familiar with planning destination weddings and knows a lot of the different areas. A travel agent is a really win-win situation for a bride and groom okay. to have a relationship with a travel agent. The reason is, is because for travel agents, they really would want bride and groom's business because they're looking at the guests sure. and they can help the guests. And in every case of a destination wedding, you really have guests that you've got to worry about their travel. 
And um, for, for brides and grooms, it's, they don't have to pay for the services of a travel agent. So a good travel agent, of which there are many out there these days that specialize in destination weddings, can be a very, very invaluable uh, member of their planning team uh, early on in the process to help them narrow down, uh, get the marriage license information to kind of sort through that, uh, and also give them recommendations for different destinations and different resorts. Uh, or villas or what have you that are really conducive to match up with what that bride and groom are looking for. Because typically a, a travel agent visits a lot of those places. Yes, and most travel agents specialize in different regions. I would almost caution brides and grooms to work with a travel agent who's sort of all things to all people because just like in every other aspect of life, yeah. no one can be all things to all people. Right. So someone who says, I'm a destination wedding expert in all destinations, that's almost impossible right. in today. There's just too much out there. But if they have um, many travel agents specialize in just the Caribbean or in just Hawaii or okay. in just Riviera Maya, Mexico, some even go further and only specialize in an island. And if brides and grooms know that they really want just one island, that's a great way to go. But if they also have, you know, it's 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 a, a travel agent who specializes in cruises. Well, that's a perfect person to go to if you're kind of dreaming of a cruise wedding. Um, but the great thing about a travel agent is you don't have to pay them because they're really getting paid by their commission right. structure, you know, and most, many brides and grooms don't realize that on the flip side, I would caution brides and grooms to rely too much on a travel agent for the wedding planning aspect. And a lot of travel agents these days sort of bill themselves as destination wedding planners or destination wedding planning experts. And they are to a certain degree, certainly to handle the site you know, location, what resorts are offering, you know, what villas may be more conducive or not right, conducive. Right, the type of accommodations sort of and things like that. Or what regions are maybe, uh, what destination, what island may be more family friendly than another. What island has really good airlift so that their guests aren't each paying $1,200 for a ticket to get to a destination that has very limited lift. Right. You know, a travel agent is going to ask the questions, where are your guests coming from? Oh, well, this island has a lot of direct air service which is always the best you know the easiest way for guests to go things like that right. the travel agent can almost be more of a of a good tool for the bride and groom and their guests whereas it doesn't really replace the wedding planning element of the flowers the cake the entertainment the you know all of those elements that are critical to a bride okay. many times the travel agent isn't as well versed on those so um, I find a good travel agent always has a good partner at the destination that will be that is the wedding planner. So or it kind the of picks consultant. up the ball where with their yes. expertise. So the travel agent really helps narrow down the destination, narrows down the region or the resort, and then they partner in turn with a great wedding planner or wedding consultant on that island, um, and they can kind of hand it off. That's why I say a travel agent is an invaluable member of the team, but. I would caution on relying too heavily on a travel agent to do everything. Travel agents are not um, trained to plan a wedding. And so, you know, that's where then they'll do the handoff. Now, there's a lot of places that have great resort uh, planners. And so in some cases, they're just working closely with the resort you okay. know, planners. But, uh, but something just to be aware of that a lot of brides and grooms don't know. Okay. Um, now, what about absorbing costs? What what are you seeing? Are, are couples absorbing a lot of the, the cost for 
their guests or, you know, what's the protocol? Are, are you guests know, responsible? The on protocol their own? really is that guests are invited to a wedding and they are responsible for getting themselves to the wedding uh, and, and all, you know, all the way to the wedding and all the way back and, and certainly paying for themselves when they stay. It is a rare but wonderful <laughs> but still very rare bride and groom or family who can afford to pay for their guests to fly and stay and all of those things. I think the best thing a bride and groom, I think the protocol that's expected or, or the, the wonderful um, thing that a bride and groom can do for their guests is to keep them in mind throughout the planning and not make it so me, me, me that they are choosing a location that is far out of range for their guests to pay for. If they want their guests to come, uh, they should really think about choosing or consider heavily in the very beginning the destination. Again, back to the airfare. You know, are they picking a destination that takes three flights to get to? Right. Uh, or are they going somewhere that is direct or, you know, not, you know, a hop skip, not a hop skip and a jump, you know, not too far. Um, and, and keeping in mind negotiating great room rates uh, or, you know, maybe choosing a, a destination that has flexible accommodations with maybe a condo next to the hotel so that people can double up or things like that. Right. So in a lot of these islands, that's the case. And that's why, and you've heard me say it a few times, we're seeing a trend towards villa weddings where a bride and groom might rent a fabulous villa that has six or seven bedrooms and, you know, has a master suite that's sort of theirs and then has, you know, family and friends or has a villa next door, things like that where people can kind of go in and share the cost. And it's sort of an experience that people might otherwise never have had the chance to do because they're not going to go rent a five-bedroom villa on their own. Right. Um, and so they kind of have a staff that cooks and cleans for them and coordinates all their activities. Right. But we're seeing a little bit of a trend and a shift, uh, maybe away from some of the resort weddings and into um, villa type accommodations, or they may just book a villa for the guests to stay in and still have the resort sent, you know, the resort centered wedding, uh, that sort of thing. So and it kind of gives a, a, almost an at home feeling to it rather yes. than a bunch of hotel rooms, you know, yeah. lined up. Next and a to lot of, um, a lot, you know, the big trend these days is in condos and residence hotels and things like that. So it's keeping in mind that generally in every destination, there are that sort of flexible accommodation opportunities for guests if they want to sort of uh, pool their money or they've got a lot, they've got a, a bunch of kids and right. they don't necessarily, they can't all fit in one hotel room with two queen beds. Okay. Uh, so, um, but it is definitely not expected that the bride and groom pay for the travel or the accommodations of their guests. However, what's nice then for them besides, you know, planning for nice room rates and things like that is for the bride and groom to arrange for uh, activities and special parties and even just prearranged dinners and things so that their guests aren't sort of left. I've heard nightmare stories of brides and grooms of guests who have been invited to a destination wedding in a far off locale and get there. And the only thing planned is the four hours of the wedding. And that's that in their left hanging for the rest of the time. Right. I, I, even though there's lots for people to do, people have come all this way. They sort of want to feel a part of something. And while the bride and groom don't necessarily have to pay for all of the events, they should at least say, hey, a group of us are meeting in the you know the lobby bar or out at the pool right. uh, for cocktails or have arranged, have arranged for a bus ride to, exactly you know, and it doesn't necessarily around. mean the bride and groom have to pay for all of that but at least if they can not over schedule their guests but sort of at least have some things for the group to kind of get together and bond and get to know each other that's a, a really great great thing for them to do yeah well that's that's really great advice now what are you seeing in terms of of the honeymoon for destination weddings are are couples remaining at the locations or are they 
choosing to go elsewhere? What are you seeing? Um, what I see, I don't see as many couples choosing to go completely elsewhere. Uh, you know, though many do, um, but many of them are choosing to marry and stay in the same location, but they may uh, choose to go to the other side of the island to a more exclusive property after the wedding or okay. the day or two after their guests leave, sort of as a treat. Um, depends on the on the property and the place, but um, I do see still guests, brides and grooms choosing to stay uh, for a couple of days and sort of let their guests, you know, come for the long weekend. They leave on a Sunday or a Monday and the bride and groom stay on through the week. Uh, brides and grooms need to plan for that in advance, though, because that oftentimes means like, you know, two weeks or 10 days you know, a couple of days before the wedding to kind of make sure everything's planned, right. the weekend of the wedding, and then they they should give themselves, you know, some time. But I think it's it's a little bit of everything. And it really depends on the destination. Uh, some, some resorts, you can hop, you know, you can stay in one, play in all the resorts, or you can, you know, choose to go to another resort of the same name on the same island or the same destination, kind of feel like you've had a little special experience. Okay. Now, does that help with costs? Of the honeymoon, or is, is there? Do you find that there's a, a savings at all by staying where they are? You know, there is in some ways a savings. Certainly, over going to two destinations, mm -hmm. if they choose to kind of stay. Um, what's neat about it is couples can sort of have two experiences in one. So they may choose to have a more family-friendly resort sort of experience for their destination wedding, and then the day after their wedding, they choose to go to a more intimate uh, boutique sort of property, or uh, a little more upscale, or something really luxury luxury that they knew their guests couldn't all afford to come and stay, mm -hmm. but they go and stay at the luxury um, high-end resort for the last four or five days on their own. But they chose the family-friendly place because it really met all of their needs for the wedding. And then it, it gives them a, a sense of almost a fresh yes. adventure. And they once, get to kind once. of experience the destination in a little bit of a different way, and they're not working around all the constraints of their guests' needs. You know, is it handicapped accessible for my Aunt Mabel? And, you know, does my do my sister's kids have enough stuff to do? And is it a child-friendly place? They can then go and have a couple of days maybe with no kids and something that's really, really luxe and create, you know, some honeymoon memories as well. Okay. Now, what uh, what types of, of things, uh, websites, uh, can you recommend that, that a couple might uh, explore when they're, they're getting started with, with the planning? I think um, certainly the, the, all the conventional ones, you know, the knot.com and brides and modernbride.com uh, are, are great to kind of start and cast that net. Um, you know, they can Google their hearts out for the different regions and things like that and really get some great um, recommendations. Um, uh, there's websites like marycaribbean.com that are specifically islandbrides.com, I believe. Some great websites that uh, are, are, are regional, um, some great Hawaii websites that sort of help narrow down. Um, a lot of wedding planners who or travel agents have sites out there. Um, I think there's a website called luxuriouswedding.com that has a lot of um, wedding planners that specialize in destination weddings in different regions. So they can sort of, you know, is it the Hamptons? Is it, you know, it doesn't always have to be an offshore exotic destination. It can be, you know, destination weddings are really happening anywhere these days. Santa Barbara right. and New Mexico and, you know, 
right. Savannah and all kinds of, of places. So um, to, to work to start with those and then sort of narrow down as they narrow down the region and then the destination, but also going to the tourist boards website and, uh, you know, caymanislands.ky. I mean, you know, websites that are specifically about that destination that have oftentimes great immediate links to the wedding providers, you know, in Bermuda or what have you. Right. And, so and, those all, are very valuable. and just about all uh, of these locales have a, a, a visitor's vacation bureau that you can check All of them, all of them do, and they all have special sections for weddings and honeymoons, some more robust than others, but that, connect, that can easily connect a bride to the wedding and honeymoon website, uh, specific properties and wedding providers on those, at those destinations. We've been uh, listening to Rebecca Grinnells from Engaging Concepts, and uh, Rebecca also is uh, an expert on uh, what, on honeymoons and destination weddings, and she is the founder of the Caribbean Wedding Association and has just shared with us a tremendous wealth of information, all of which can be found at our website. And Rebecca, I just want to thank you again for taking the time to share all of our, your information with our listeners. And uh, thank you for being a part of this podcast. Great. Thank you.